Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Because democracy basically means government by the people, of the people, for the people. But the people are retarded. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and latch to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person, and politicking is bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Underground for August 16th, 2021. Thank you for being patient with us since we did not record last week. Uh, there was just a lot of life happening, and man, <laughs> we could talk about it a little bit. But uh, my name is David, and I am joined once again by my co host, the wonderful joseph nations hey i appreciate that introduction that was great you're welcome i mean you added me adjectives beforehand as you want about me exalted uh (laughs) what's the what's uh, there was another one i was thinking handsome uh yeah uh oh shoot there was there's this song so there's this i was thinking this and i can't remember what it's this elevation song right and a buddy that we were like singing it at church and um, a buddy of mine was like, well, it's always so interesting that, uh, you know, Elevation writes such good music despite their pastor being terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, oh, he's like, oh, that their music is like so theologically sound. And I go, well, it's not really hard to make music that sounds theologically sound, like in intact, yes. right? But if you dig right. into it right, and then the potential for what some of the the stuff that like Stephen Furtick believes or potentially believes, if you want to be a little more charitable in in that regard, right. uh, you know, it's like oh the the they you know they're like resurrection power, and it's like so is he talking about like Jesus reviving the dead? Or is he talking about like Stephen Furtick <laughs> thinks he has the ability <laughs> to do that? Like it's kind of just where my mind goes, and people hate it, yeah. but it, I I can't help myself, man. Hey, uh, man, that's not a bad question to ask, considering yeah. Bethel's pastor and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, keep up much with uh, old Stephen Furtick because he just reminds me of Bill Johnson uh, and all his sermons. I've heard. yeah, all of his sermons I've heard are trash. So, <laughs> dude, I'm telling hey, I'm you, just I, honest, Furtick, Furtick went down a different path because, I mean, at least up until maybe 2013, he was kind of doing okay. But like, you know, they they started blowing up, and at least from stories that I've heard from people who have worked there, or you know, it's like friends of friends or whatever who have worked mm-hmm. there, um, they they just have a lot of strange 
strange things that they do within like staff circles. Now we're not necessarily talking like really weird stuff like you hear about in some of these other places, but just things that make me feel like it's the kind of work environment where he puts himself above everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard and, things and too. sees himself as more important than who he has too high, which I mean, you know, we could say this about all of us, but as far as since we're speaking on Stephen Furtick, right. uh, I've, 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 I've heard similar reports about too high view of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll spare going into any type of examples I could give um, other people. <laughs> yeah. Other people can figure that out. The the, the yeah. music. I think he, uh, you know, at the time when I'd heard this 2013 or 14, he, uh, anyway, that's it. Yeah, I get I'm it. not going to go into any. There's there. Yeah. There's just, there's stuff like that. And obviously he's not the only one. I think it's mm. you and I have both talked on here before about some of those guys and just like, you know, I've been thinking about it more and more recently as these stories keep popping up where it's like maybe, you know, the modern church and even a lot of the SBC currently, they're just not doing a good job about uh, who, if you will, they're initiating into pastoral roles. Yeah, um, now that's, a, that's a good point. And I think I'm going to credit Tyler with this, Tyler Daniels, that is, uh, but he made a good point this past weekend when he said, we were talking about the reform community and how a lot of uh, those in the reform community uh, would, in, instead of being sola scripture only and, and God and everything, they equate that to being sola pastora as well. You know, um, the pastor is above all hmm. and everything. Uh, and I think that's a, a solid point to make because, I mean, we can easily fall into having a conflated view of ourselves I'm not saying that this particular Absolutely. gentleman did but I, when we were talking about the clothing you remember that and he yeah. made this argument which i didn't find it so malicious or anything like that it no. was just like eh, that, yeah it's like well it was like i commented on that and i i, I told you guys i was like is this a problem like is this big yeah. and it's funny because when i was at church on sunday i was looking around and i was like all right i was like how i was just like i'm just gonna see how everyone's kind of dressed and you're just like People, some people are wearing jeans and t-shirts and some people have hoodies on and some people dress up just a little bit more. And, you know, some people like to do that. It's not, it, it doesn't really have anything to do necessarily with like, um, how they view themselves in the eyes of God. I don't think, I think just some people like to, to do a little That's bit more and some weeks they do it and some weeks they don't. And, and as yeah. long as they're they're not being a disturbance, I just don't really. I, yeah, as long I just as they're not care. showing up and freaking. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, what's what are those uh, butt chops the cowboys wearing? Oh you know, yeah, the, uh, um, oh my god. You know, as long as they're not yeah. showing up dressed yeah. modestly, it's like it's fine, and, yeah. and, and it's one of those things that I have talked about with you before. How so many people get caught up in these, like everything is a hard issue. Like the way you dress on Sunday shows oh is a reflection yeah. of your heart for God. It may be, it may not be as well. You know what I mean? It's like everything has to be so serious all the time. And again, people will hear the opposite of that and be like, "Oh, you're just saying be cavalier." I'm not saying being cavalier. Be serious about your sin and about all sin. Um, I, I like, but think, at the same time, I'm it's sorry. like the way I dress on Sunday isn't a reflection of my heart towards God. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And and it's it think about it in the context of, you know, Jesus and the disciples. I mean, they were they wore like tunics and sandals, right? 
They weren't dressing up super great. I mean, and they were around Jesus literally all the time. Yeah. So it's just it's just kind of goofy. And listen, I understand the point. I understand the point. And and if his church and the people at his church want to abide by that, and that's the way that they feel, and people are okay with doing that, going there, by all means, have at it, right? But right. To, to say every single place has to have this set of rules or has to follow by like our standards, it's just it's kind of goofy. It's a preference thing, right? Yeah, it's I can, absolutely I can get, a it's exactly what you said. I can understand that that's a preference, like a preference of mine. Like a, a, if I was uh, on the elders with elders at a church and we were talking about worship music, I'd be like, okay, I, I would I would advocate for no Bethel music, no elevation music, so on and so forth, uh, because I feel like this will lead people to check out those churches and possibly, possibly get involved yeah. with their, I mean, more so with Bethel than elevation, but heretical beliefs. Um, Who's the... It, um, but again, that, that's, that would be a, for me, that would be a preference. I don't think that just because someone has Bethel music, you know, they're they're leading their congregation with a song from Bethel or Elevation that they're in sin or something like that. No, because I mean like our church does that stuff all the time. Except for everybody who doesn't listen to me. Yeah. Well it's it go it's sort of those same lines where you'll hear a lot of people like I don't really listen to worship music uh in my like free time. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of people who do and that's cool, but I'm kinda like I mean Is that because you don't love Jesus as much as I do? Absolutely. <laughs> you dirty sinner uh, <laughs> no i just don't that's I why mean, i text y'all on freaking sunday and said i'm wearing my uh, sunday's best you inferior christians i really wanted to like pull my shirt up and take a picture of my glock and be like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that'd been great but i yeah no i there's only like a couple people that know that i carry at church and i kind of prefer it that way except for all the people that listen to this show that now know <laughs> yeah, right. i don't care most of the time they don't all like, two thousand of them yeah it's the craziest thing to me uh we haven't even done the the, the rest of the intro but it, it is crazy to me that people are oblivious to what's going on around them i it, I bu- it, it bugs me because like i'm so hyper focused generally on like okay you know is this like bulging out of my shirt can anyone see um but i start like looking around at at people and they're all like staring at the ceiling or they're on their phones or whatever and i'm like man they're not even focused on what's going on generally around them they're they're definitely not paying attention to me yeah um that's what i asked the same question just not about my glock so um good one (laughs) all right so if anyone still is actually listening to this and they feel like supporting the show joseph how can they do that (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i cracked myself up man i'm sorry i oh, knew you were gonna like do I it tell my wife the if you don't crack yourself up no one minute, else will the minute i was like is this bulging out of my shirt i'm like he's gonna make a dirty joke about that <laughs> the temptation was too strong i know <laughs> anyway they can follow us on social media on twitter i am joseph nations actually it's J Nation seven, yeah. uh, and then David is Mister DLC. You're just typing his DCL. name, uh, DCL. Oh my bad. You're good. What's the DCL stand for? It, those are my initials, David Christopher. I Lacey. know. I just wanted you to say your oh, name, dude. I have, okay. So uh, we need to get into this, but I've never under like we need to keep going. But I've never understood the weirdness that people have about their middle names. Yeah, it's like who cares? 
It's like even if you have a weird middle name, it's like you can't help it. It is what it is. Yeah, exactly. So, and then on Instagram and yeah, just Instagram, you can find us uh, under the same name, Joseph Nations, and then David Lacey. And then you can also find us on YouTube, Odyssey, under our uh, channel name, The Underground. Mm. And if you are enjoying our content and you like it, we do a value for value uh, model here, which is time, talent, and treasure. So we don't do Patreon or anything like that. It's just if you are enjoying the content and, and you want to support us, the best thing that you can do is to share our podcast uh, on social media, any clips that we post that we're going to, we're going to be getting more into reels in the future and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, share it, uh, on social media, text family and friends, let them know, shout us out, you know, post a, post a story or a post and, uh, tag us in it and let us know you're listening. And it's the best way that you can help get other people more engaged with us. And if you also are getting more value out of it than just, liking it and liking what we're talking about and you want to support us, you can donate monetarily. Uh, crypto donations are coming soon, but right now we have uh, PayPal donations. And if you feel like we're worth $5, if you feel like we're worth $5,000, um, it's just whatever value you're getting out of this. And the same with your time and your talent. If you want to do artwork, uh, cover art for each episode or for one episode or for our show, if you want to help with audio editing, video editing, all of it, whatever time and, and, and treasure and talent you want to give to us, we are willing to receive based off of whatever value you feel you're getting from from this. Because we do put in a bunch of hours outside of um, work that we have. Yeah. So, um, You know, funny enough, I think the thing that people currently could do for us that would be unbelievably helpful is finding short-form uh like video clips and sending stuff like that to us like yes. if you just find something that you think is hilarious whether it's just something kind of cultural that's like stupid that someone said or like even if it's from uh, you know politics like gaffes that people make um anything that can kind of be used that we could throw into the show uh just to use as uh like clips or to use as um isos or whatever if there's something kind of funny that you find um <laughs> I want to start implementing some more of that stuff, but trying to find the time to go through a ton of content to find like just the dumb garbage that people say occasionally can, that time, it's hard that time adds up. People don't realize, you know, we have to listen to, you know, when you're talking about politics, right? NBC, ABC, CBS, NPR, like so many different long form programs to where we're watching 20 minute clip, 30 minute clip, an hour, you know, yeah. you know video after video and, and that just adds up there's only so much we can pull and that's if we are getting something from that clip yeah so so and yeah that's that is probably definitely the the best way um as far as time wise that people could help us is sending in clips for us just anything you find that you, you think's interesting and you know it's not guaranteed that we're going to use it but if you do send something that's long long form at least time stamp it for us yes be like and we'll shout you out we're we're working on kind of like what uh different levels of support like if you know just to use money for example if, if once people get to the 100 dollar threshold there'll be an executive producer on our show or, or whatever like whatever terminology we come up with but yeah, specifically that's also for what donations we're on. yeah yes um 
So other than that, the only other thing that I can think of is if you guys are listening to this, don't forget to download the episode. Uh, it just helps with the numbers so that we have some sort of idea of not only how many people are listening, but where you're listening. Um, we actually had one, Joseph, I checked the episode we did with uh, two gloves and a dub. Mm-hmm. And there was like, there was someone from Pakistan. Oh, shoot. Or something. So, like, occasionally the we. The Taliban listening to us. <laughs> occasionally we have some Indian listeners. Like, some. There are people who are downloading the episode from in, episodes from India. Uh, All Modi. Yeah. That one, that one got us uh, a little extra reach as far as different regions. And again, thanks to those guys. I forgot to shout, you know, thank you guys in the last episode for coming on. It, it, um, it was awesome. Had a great time. Yeah. Just like kind of talking to them, even though y'all got into some details about MMA that just kind of like fried my brain a little bit. <laughs> I was just like, I'm just going to sit here and produce. <laughs> Dude, right. MMA is one of those subjects I can talk about for a while yeah. and go deep in depth. Speaking of which, uh, we'll get into this probably the next episode. Um, but that oh, Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul fight coming, coming up. <laughs> I don't forgot about it. I am looking forward to that. Um, so, uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and jump into it with what is definitely the most important uh, piece of news uh, this week. So I'm just going to go right into this clip, if you don't mind, Joseph. No, go ahead. I'm pretty sure Robin's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just don't know how to bring it up. Well, say it to him. Are you, uh, are you gay? What? Why would you say that? What makes you think that, Batman? His outfit, for starters. What is so gay about this? It's just a pair of teal green cycle shorts, a Newberry red racing top, a handmade custom R, a few frog button fasteners, and a bright lemon cape. What? Tell her about the dumb weapon I made you throw away. What was your weapon, Robin? I threw little blue eggs at the villains. Poof, poof! Woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and tell her what was inside the eggs. Glitter. Heard enough yet? I think that sounds very threatening. Thank you! When they're covered with glitter, they can't hide! <laughs> so, Batman, it sounds like Robin is helping you. By making the bad guys sparkle, he helps you see them better so you can beat them up. I'm saying. I don't need him to decorate the villains. You just don't like my ideas. I like plenty of your ideas. Like what? Taco Thursdays. What about dance fighting? Dance fighting is not a real thing! Anger. What about West Side Story? Beat it, the Spider-Man musical. West Side Story is not a documentary. One singular sensation, every little step she takes, banana pow. Dance fighting. It would never work. Well, not if you don't learn the moves. Hey, Lionel. Therapy. He's in one of those moods. Oh, you know who? No, well, I can't say because he's kind of like right here. <gasps> Shut up. The hot wonder twin? Oh, hells yeah. <clears throat> Robin, no phone calls in here. I gotta go, Batch. Bye. Kiss, kiss. Batman, does Robin's behavior, whether it's gay or not, get in the way of his crime fighting? I guess not. I handle my shit. But you're not scary. You think you're scary? You're dressed gayer than I am. He's got a point. What's gay about this? Black rubber suit, exaggerated codpiece, eyeliner. Oh my god. You are hilarious. Hello, kettle, it's pot. You're black. Holy denial, Batman. <laughs> we should hang out. I could get into that. Can we please get back to the session? Hold on a sec. Do you like Thai food? Oh, I love Thai food. All right, I'm out of here. Great. Now, how is that not gay? <laughs> Dude, I was like cracked. I had to mute myself. <laughs> Dude, hilarious. he's like, I throw a little blue eggs. 
They have glitter in them, so they sparkle. Um, so for those of you that don't know, uh, DC Comics this week, uh, I want to make sure I get this exactly right because there have been quite a few Robins. Um, it's the old Tim Drake. Tim Drake, who was the second Robin, correct? I think so. I'm think pretty sure. Right. So it was... Um, Oh my god! I've been like catching up on some of this because I've been watching that show Titans. It's terrible, by the way. <laughs> I can't stop watching it, but it's so bad. <laughs> um, uh, the oh my gosh, his name slipped in my mind. Sorry, uh, comic book fans. Oh man, for my uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm just. Blanking. This is where we need uh, production crew so they come into our ear and it's tell this, us you idiot um, yes oh Grayson Richard Grayson that's it Dick Grayson yep um so he, and then he becomes uh uh Nightwing Nightwing and Jeez, David you're just failing today I, dude I, I am it, my brain dude my brain recently has been completely uh, fried oh yeah it's been a little fried um yeah I feel right, that. so so you have Dick Grayson, he becomes Nightwing, and then I believe uh, that's when Tim Drake comes in, because then Jason Todd comes later, and that's where you get Death in the Family and um, yeah, Under the Red Hood and, and all that uh, good stuff. Yeah, there's been some some other Robins as well that I don't think are technically canon. Uh, like there's the girl from uh, the miniseries uh, that Batman v Superman is based on. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin in that is a girl because like Batman's super old at that point mm. um but I'm, I'm pretty sure that is not technically canon i think it's considered like a, a one-off a one-off deal uh-huh yeah um, i mean they he came out as buy and buy specifically mean, we, were, yeah. we were all pandering to know um clamoring to know i should say <laughs> and uh they're definitely pandering um oh yeah i've got this i've got a, a clip from npr and you, you just you can hear it it just i i put in the show notes that uh comics are for the normies now and i if it, when you, after you listen to this you'll you'll understand but did you have something else to say before no you go ahead okay uh I, you should be able to hear this sidekick finally had his coming out moment in the latest comic robin whose real name is tim drake accepts a male friend's offer to go on a date Many fans of the character have been looking forward to this. Tim struggled with identity. He knows who he is when it comes to vigilantism, but this was a space where it felt the most correct. This was the next moment for him. That's Megan Fitzmartin. She's the writer for this series of DC Comics. The significance, I think, has been others seeing themselves in the character and and feeling seen and cared for in a way that speaks to something that they've seen for a long time. Robin made his first appearance back in 1940, and he's not the first comic book superhero to come out as queer, but he is by far the most high-profile one. People like North Star, Batwoman, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Iceman, Apollo, Midnighter, but you notice something about all those names. They're not necessarily household names. That's Glenn Weldon, host of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. He has always been a Robin who thinks too much. So it makes sense that his coming out process is also marked by a kind of uh, deeply introspective self-analysis that finds him trying to reconcile his heart and his head. So how are fans responding? Belen Ortega is the comics illustrator, and she told us that social media feedback she's gotten has been very positive. 
mostly is people feeling like they were in the same situation that Tim Drake was, feeling very lost in their lives. So this was like a reflection for themselves. Robin's journey will continue in the next issue, which comes out in December. All right. <laughs> I, I I mean... That last part. Yeah, I'm sure. That's, uh, yeah, I'm sure that social was, media was, was super... Someone was reading a comic book about Robin. They're like, oh, Robin came out. This gives me the courage now. <laughs> and, you know, we've talked Things about... Things that with, did not happen right. in 101, please, Alex. <laughs> this, is the, this is kind of the thing that people have been talking about for a while with a lot of this is that they're they're writing comic books for people who don't read comic books now to be fair i don't well i did for a little while but when this stuff started coming up uh and and started really getting in people's faces uh you know it just kind of like turned me off to a lot of the stuff and i was i've always been this is the same problem i've always kind of had with anime is that you get a show that runs for 500 episodes and you're like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's like, that's too much. That's too much of a commitment. Right. So yeah, I've read, um, invincible, most of the walking dead. Um, I got into some X-Men stuff in the past, but again, it's like, I, it's been here and there. A lot of it is the one-off stuff and that's just kind of what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, it has a beginning and an end. It tells sometimes an interesting story, uh, and you can kind of move on with your life and I don't have yes. to constantly buy comics, but there are a lot of people who love this stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they've been dedicated to this stuff forever. Um, it's interesting. One of the things that article, and, and you can tell clearly that NPR doesn't know what they're talking about. Do you know what the moment was for me? Which part? Uh, it was when they said that Robin had been around since like the seventies or whatever. And it's like, like we were saying before, there's been more than one Robin and their yep. assumption is that Tim Drake is Robin like yep. period. Uh, when in reality, that's not the case. Nope. Not at all. That's the same thing. When people think about Batman, they, they try to compare, um, Ben at, for example, using the movies, Ben Affleck's Batman to Christian Bell's Batman. And I'm like, those are two completely different comic book Batmans, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, Christian Bell had a, specific Batman that he had to portray, whereas Ben Affleck was supposed to portray that older um, Batman. Yeah, like the that, Dark Knight Returns, I think, is the... Yes. If I remember, that's the one-off. Because that's where the Batman v Superman thing kind of comes from. Yep. Um, yeah, and obviously it's it's different with movies because you, are, you do have to kind of pick and choose the characteristics of, you know... So 60 or 70 years worth of uh, comic books. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, this is just, again, this is another one of those things where it's like they're they're trying to push this stuff to an audience that doesn't buy the books, right? Well, I mean, it's what we talked about before. They're orientation swapping, and, it, and, it's, and it's because of lazy writing. Yeah. Why not just come out with a brand new original character that fits the mold that you're trying to create yeah. or, uh, you know, use existing characters that are that way. Yeah, that just someone's make, already made that way, just but make a they new don't Robin. Yeah. That as well. <laughs> like, and why not at this point? Why not? You know? Yeah. Since there's 800. Um, and you know, it, uh, I don't, I don't like this aspect of Hollywood to where it's like, unless you're, you know, 
this specific way you can't unless you're this person you can't relate to them yeah and it's like a lot of the characters that i I wasn't a huge fan of marvel once marvel came onto the screen uh you know i became more of a fan of captain america of iron man of uh you know spider-man of black widow and black widow is a freaking female and 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 all this stuff and and then loki and then thor and then you know hulk as well and so uh, or if you want to use uh, the movie Alien, the lady in there, you know, there's certain aspects I could relate to her on that I, I felt, even though I didn't grow up having, you know, as a, a woman my entire life, right? And so that's what makes good writing is when someone who is not like you, but you relate to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and so I think that's what's getting confused here is that mm-hmm. it has to, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's interesting to, if you want to take this, it's kind of made me think of this. If you want to take that train of thought to like another level, mm-hmm. consider all of the media that's generally pushed towards uh, Black Americans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like it, it shows what that industry thinks is valuable to um, Black Americans. Yeah, you ha- and it's mostly trauma based entertainment. So you've got all- it's always like, you know, 12, 12 years a slave, the color purple, like all of this really like down on your luck kind of storytelling, or it's uh, oh, what's what's the name of that uh, like menace to society, um, the uh, oh the the Tyler Perry stuff. Yeah, uh, which always kind of has like the men being like terrible people mm-hmm. in most of those movies. Um, uh, I mean, I could I could keep going on. Like your only example on sort of the opposite side of that is like Denzel Washington. Yeah, right. I would say like ninety percent of the stuff that he puts out is where you see like strong male, like like a strong black man um, caring for people, doing what he believes is uh, right. Um, you know. Uh, or you even have some of the, like one of my favorite roles that he's in is um uh oh shoot what's the name of the movie he's like uh he's robbing a bank mm. oh no he's not robbing the bank he's the actual he's the uh the other guy in that um it's never not mind. training day no it's uh training day would be the example of him kind of being the 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 villain the, yeah um oh man ah dude I know what you're talking you, my about my brain's though. like so scrambled today. Uh, it's such a good movie. I just can't remember the name of it. Anyway, so you know, you uh, uh, like take like Denzel for me, right? I love Man on Fire. I love a lot of the movies that he's been in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look anything like me. Nope. And I've never been in half the situations that his character is in those, right? Right. And so the fact that a lot of these people believe that a character has to like, for instance, with uh, Tim Drake, Tim Drake now kissing both boys and girls is a sign of some sort of like progressive movement. Right. Which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yep. And and the reason, okay, so and again, the reason they do this is because every time they try to make an original property and push this stuff, because they are trying to push an agenda rather than actually creating something interesting and having characters that are there that aren't trying to like disrespect people based on certain characteristics, right? Which is right. kind of the MO in general. We talked about that a lot with He-Man. Yep. Uh, they don't do that. And so everyone just kind of reacts like, this looks like garbage. 
Yeah. You know? Not to mention. It is. It is and it, it's preachy because it's identity politics. And nobody nobody really wants that. I mean, you can have yeah. elements of your politics within a story. But nobody wants something that is preachy. And if you're going to be uh, preachy, for example, I mean, you better have a dang good storyline to back that up, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, I I got nothing left to say. I, it's yeah, stupid. Same. We've talked. We've you know, this is just another. It's just another, laughable. Yeah, it's just another example of them being like, "Well, see, now he kisses boys, so he's just like you. So give us your money, please." Oh, now he's just like me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've na- my life is now fulfilled because someone drew Robin kissing a boy. Oh man. Um. So. Uh. On what I would call better news, uh, Suicide Squad, or excuse me, The Suicide Squad came out, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. A little over two weeks ago. Uh, And I was pleasantly surprised. I was too. It wasn't a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but considering what uh, comic book movies have come out, considering what movies in general have come out, and considering what Warner Brothers have put, has put out as well, this was a good movie. Yes, and I will. I com- would say comparing good, not it to great. that, yeah. And the only reason I can't say that it's great is because the middle of the movie is way too slow. Yeah, it does. I thought not, it was all right. It does not keep up sort of this that pace, right? So you yeah. have this like bombastic opening, and I, I'm going to keep this relatively spoiler free because I know some people haven't seen it yet, and this is a movie I think people really should go watch, especially yeah. because there's so there's so little out there right now that's actually worth watching. Um, but you know, you you have this very like violent, over the top opening, um, and you know it does slow down a little bit, but then it just stays a little too slow after the scene mm-hmm. with. Uh, John Cena and um, Idris Elba in the camp. Yes. Uh, which is like act ma- two of the of yeah. the movie. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of, yeah, it's it's still kind of act one. It yeah. It, no, well, it's like about the, like act two after that would be where they go into rat catcher's backstory and then Sure, sure, sure. And all that stuff. Um, but I and I like some of that. Like I, I don't think the middle mm-hmm. of the movie is awful. I think they just spend way too much time the pace was off. They're twiddling their thumbs a little. Yeah, the pacing is a little weird in there. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think I liked it better than Guardians Two. So if we're to going yeah, off of James Gunn movies in particular, I wasn't I wasn't that big of a fan of Guardians Two because that's when they started getting into the um, the sort of cookie cutter way. Like I think James Gunn is is responsible for the sort of success uh, of Marvel in a lot of ways. Mm. He, I mean, obviously uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a big part as as far as actors are concerned, but James right. Gunn is the one that went that kind of changed how Marvel was approaching storytelling. Uh, mm-hmm. You, I mean, you look at Thor because I think both the Thor movies came out before Guardians of the Galaxy, the original one. And the first one's all right. The second one is terrible. Like it's it's well up until a lot of this most recent stuff that they've been doing with Marvel, it was probably considered the worst property. Like it's just yes. bad. It's just bad. It's not a good movie. Um, it's too serious, you know. Like he's Thor's not likable in it. Anyway, um, 
then James Gunn comes in and he takes at the time a like a dude a green lady a puke green colored man a tree and a raccoon and makes them more popular than almost like anything else like Groot potentially is at least at one point was the most popular character in Marvel, right? Right. Uh before like Baby Yoda came along, I would say he he was definitely up there for a long time. Like he had his day. And he's literally a talking tree. That's it. Yep. And he has one line. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> so he did he did great work with that, right? And then I right. I think that it didn't quite strike the same way in the second one, and that's kind of where a lot of my problems with the third act in Marvel uh, movies and I mean it's still something they're doing today and it was the same thing with WandaVision where it's like they get to the end and it's like oh this is just explosions and CG and it's like alright this is what we're doing And but at the, same gu- at, at the same rate James Gunn deserves that but I grew up watching like old school James Gunn mm-hmm. uh, so like Slither and he uh, he did another movie that uh, called Super with uh, Rand Wilson Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Ellen Page in it, and that's like, you know, you know how uh, J- when James Gunn got in trouble for like old tweets or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's like everyone knows James Gunn is like Disney James Gunn, but that stuff's back when he was making like really edgy, like really edgy content. Right. Like I, uh, uh freaking uh, Ellen Page, uh excuse my language but she rapes Rand wilson in that movie oh shoot yeah so like like and this is the thing is like people don't know that about james gunn they don't know that he i mean he did some very <laughs> like that was kind of his thing it was very violent very shocking um even slither is like uh it's kind of like i don't think it might, i think it's his only horror movie um but it's very uh kind of out there and gross you know, like he does, that that's just who he was. That's the kind of content he did. And then, you know, Disney got a hold of him. But the minute, you know, it, it's like it's not as if Disney didn't know who they hired. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they saw something in him and he had a very interesting um, kind of sense of humor. And it, and it turned out to work really well for them. Anyway, I, it's one of the things I really liked about the Suicide Squad is that you get to see a little bit more of Gunn being who he is. Like yeah. he, he, it's not a hundred percent. You can tell. Obviously, he has to hold back a little bit because this is still a superhero movie, and they can't, they can't go to some of the the links that he probably would want to have pushed it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's great. I I loved uh, King Shark. Uh, he King Shark was funny. He's probably my favorite character in the movie. Um, I think John Cena did a good job as a a great job actually as Peacemaker, and I feel like not Deadpool. I mean, I'm sorry, not Deadshot did a good job, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also not Deadpool, I guess, really, if you... Yeah, but, (laughs) you know, as Idris Elba was just a big F you to uh, Will Smith for not taking uh, the role with the Suicide Squad and uh, Suicide Squad, and I thought it was just going to be him, you know, recasted, essentially, which it was, but but not at the same time. And they have similar backstories. Yeah. Same powers. Right. Right. But 
it was still really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like in that it. aspect. And James Gunn has a gr- does a great job. It's just like you mentioned with Guardians of the Galaxy, of pulling these no name superheroes and making you relate with them, bringing them out. And I felt like Polka Dot Man. Oh yes. You know, like the, he did a great job with him at first. I didn't really care for Polka Dot Man, and but as a story goes on, it becomes more funny and and you kind of like understand some of this stuff and, uh-huh. and the same thing with rat catch rat catcher too you think oh this is stupid but actually having a superpower to where you control all rats is pretty useful yeah well it's it's crazy that so i think if i had uh, i mean i obviously i talked about my biggest criticism i think the only other criticism um oh man uh that i had was uh sort of the way that they um the characters were almost a little too likable. Mm. Like, you know, he he showed, he did an okay job of showing how they weren't perfect, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. that specific scene with John Cena and um, Idris Elba that I don't want to spoil, but it, it does sort of set up that they're like, again, these are not, like, you know, high-level heroic individuals, right? They're right. most of them are murderers for one reason or another. Like, you know, they're they're in jail. Uh, but he, I, I kind of want to watch it again to see if I feel differently about that. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if he did quite the best job in portraying them as villains. Yeah, and and again, someone with like Ratcatcher, too much is viewing them as antiheroes. You would say, sure. And Ratcatcher, for instance, I'm okay with that because her story is a little bit different it's supposed to be tragic it 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 seems to allude to the fact that maybe she's more misunderstood than the rest of them and Mm -hmm. she's in a position that she shouldn't be in um because i think she just stole money right isn't that kind of why she ended up in the situation she was in yeah she used the rats to uh rob a bank and they considered it arm robbery because of the rats because of the rats Um, right but you know, she was on the streets and home. Not, not, not uh-huh. that justifies stealing or anything like that, but I think her dad had just. I don't. I don't want to spoil it, but right, right, right. right. She has some, a tragic backstory. Yeah, she has a tragic backstory that doesn't justify what she did, but it brings understanding as to why she did it. Mm. And that's really good. I just they do so. It, it's good with some characters. I guess it's better with some characters than it is with others, right? Like yeah. Idris Elba. Again, he is pretty much just uh, Deadshot uh, two point Yes. Um, not Deadshot. That's why I like to refer to him as. Yeah, not Deadshot. Uh, Peacekeeper <laughs> is just who Peacekeeper is. Um, man, I'm having. I uh, just. I, I I agree with you. I felt like you know, and again, this is one of James Gunn's strong suit. But he made every character, you know, try to feel relatable. And I'm like, you know, just make them villains for the sake of a villain. So I would say. Um, my biggest criticism, but also that I felt that he did better than the other movies that we've seen her in is with Harley Quinn. She just feels more peripheral in this movie. Like I got to figure out some way, somehow how to some way to use, utilize her. And this is the best way I can do it. Now. I think he did a better job than in the first suicide squad and then definitely birds of, pray um she does definitely doesn't seem as out of focus a little bit more tied into the story but again just you know underutilized uh that and then some under 
also some other characters that were underutilized, like the uh, um, the 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 main guy, the white guy that attacked the beach in the beginning of the movie, whatever his name is. Um, shoot. Oh, the um, freaking special forces guy. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I felt like Joel he Kinnaman's was underutilized. Right? Yeah, because I know um, he's a, I know he's a good actor. Rick Flag. Uh, yes, right? Rick Flag. Flag. Uh, and then, other than that, I feel like along the same lines of not making them uh, some of the characters just be villains is King Shark. I yeah, like what they did. I like what he did, yeah. but I wish he would have been more. I, I thought it would have been funny. I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but I'm about to say something that may be a spoiler, so just pause it and skip the next 10 seconds. Uh, but I, I felt like it would have been funny had he's like, I'm not going to eat anyone, and then he ate one of the... I kept thinking that was going to happen through the entire movie. I thought so too. I was like, at some point that would be funny. Um, but it just, yeah, it didn't quite happen. And I understand that. It, I, I wonder if they thought that would have like tested been poorly. too obvious. Yeah. Or like, I don't know. Um, you know, I, there's little things I appreciate about it. Like there's a couple things generally in movies you want setups and payoffs. Um, I think he does a good job in particular with, uh, what is set up with Harley Quinn at the beginning of the movie that does not actually pay off at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking with the, about. With the spear. And all, yeah. And then her, uh, like her jokes, uh, you know, with comedy, uh. it's all about timing, right? <laughs> yeah. And her jokes are just drawn out to where they, you know, if you, if you, if you extend the joke longer and longer, it doesn't become as funny as it was in the yeah. beginning. I, and that's what ends up happening with her, and then in some mm-hmm. other instances too, with other characters. Yeah, I, I think it's about it was about half and half. Uh, yeah, I thought when they were interrogating the uh, the scientist, her, her st- I thought her stuff was landing pretty well there. Yeah, she's just like she's, she's completely oblivious to what's actually been going on the whole time. Right. Um, and again, I, I would like to watch it again, uh, just to kind of see if there's anything that I missed or if I feel a little bit different uh, about different sections. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. like overall, it, it's it, it was such a good like breath of fresh air. It um, was. I have like a, a soft spot for like over the top violent films. Yeah, you know, it like, comes from your relationship with God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> more of my relationship with um, Quentin Tarantino, I would say. Uh, <laughs> uh, like Kill, like growing up, Kill Bill was one of my favorite movies. Yeah, um, and it, there's just like something uh, about the the dark comedy of like of of stuff like that, and and obviously it's lost on some people. Like it, it, that kind of movie just isn't for everyone, right? Um, but I just get a kick out of it for some reason. I, I think it's just because of how over the top it is. Um, but they do a good it job. It was pretty funny. Yeah, and like. It's why you know King Shark is just <laughs> this force of nature, and you know it's it uh, it's funny because there's one particular moment in the movie that I realized he was my favorite character um, because something happens to him and I went oh no and I went <laughs> oh yeah he's actually my favorite character uh, it, I know what you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah that, I think oh. it's the same moment I went like oh no to you uh, that's great there's a moment where um, it's small spoiler there's a, a moment towards the end of the movie where a kind of an insignificant character dies and um 
polka dot man's like, oh, so-and-so died. And everyone's like, who is that? <laughs> and he'd been yes. with them for like half the movie. And then none of them remembered except for polka dot man. It was so good because yeah. I forgot about him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, That's and it, what made it so good. They did just a, such a good job of it not be like yeah. him being there, but you're not paying attention to him at all. So yep. that when he dies, you're like, who? Yep, yep. So there's there's definitely a lot to really enjoy about the movie. It is good. It's definitely worth the watch. Um, again, especially in in a, a year or you know at this point the past two years, where everything that's coming out from the superhero genre seems to be so cookie cutter or yeah. this four hour insanity that was the Justice League uh, Snyder cut. So yes, um, yeah, I you know I, it I don't think I've ever finished that. Oh man. <laughs> It's still just it's a good it's a a a good movie to sit around and watch because you're not preached out about anything. It's just a a, a movie that you can get lost in and escape. And that's what they need to do more of. I absolutely believe it'll end up being my favorite superhero movie that comes out this year. Yeah, probably will. be. Or we'll say comic because it's not really superheroes if you want to be specific about it. But yeah, man, it's pretty great. Definitely a yep. recommendation. Um, all right, so hey, we got to move on to uh, some of this other stuff. Uh, yeah, so, I, you know, I, I'm trying to think when the last time we actually talked about Rona and some of the uh, the stuff going on surrounding that. I really haven't put anything in here about New York. Um, yes. So requiring vaccinations at restaurants, everywhere, gyms, everywhere in the city. I don't know if it's new, all of New York. I think it's just New York City because Bill de Blasio is the mayor. Correct. So he only has. okay. Um, so uh, Cuomo's out, too. Yeah, that happened while that happened. So now, like when you give a woman a compliment, say no Cuomo, Um, no Cuomo. Yeah. Dude, that cracked me up when I saw that. I'm like, that's a good one. Uh, then the other thing, I guess, to update on is uh, it's not in the show notes, but the Biden administration is considering um, uh, vaccine passports for interstate travel. Yeah. I don't know yeah, how they dude. would necessarily enforce that, but it's something that they at least were considering. Um and, but they consider too polarizing in the moment. And yeah. typically this stuff doesn't. So just so people know, this stuff doesn't leak out. When you have something like this that's done, it's purposefully leaked so that they can kind of get a gauge on where, That'd like, be a look. Every, how everybody responds to it. So, Sorry, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I did. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was trying to set up a clip for later. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, obviously, I don't think that. Yeah, it, it was on purpose. It's the same thing. Um, I think we'll talk about it. Dear, I think it's later on with some of the Afghanistan stuff. But there was mm-hmm. a homeland security uh, screen that was leaked, like a screenshot yes. that was leaked of, uh, I guess, like a document or some sort of presentation. Um, that's concerning, uh, not surprising, but concerning. Um, yes, and it, and it, the irony behind. Uh, all of these potential mandates and uh, just these, all the stuff going on with the Biden administration is really funny considering his, his speech that he gave about uh, Afghanistan today. Yeah. 
Um, and he's like talking about humanitarian crisis and like trying to be humanitarian, blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, yeah, but obviously this doesn't apply to anyone who isn't vaccinated. Yes. And it's just like funny. And I I saw a report that they were rejecting Afghanistan's um, Afghanis, I should say, who didn't have the vaccine. I don't know how, how true that is. I'm like, yeah, that seems kind of doubtful. I imagine a situation like that. I would hope that, you know, even they would still receive people and worry about that later. Um, but uh, I think it's kind of funny all of this going on, considering that for the past four years, all the left was saying around the clock and that you saw in media was that Trump's this tyrant and this dictator. And now Joe Biden is literally his administration is literally becoming that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're you're not wrong at all. It's like they, the thing that I heard, I can't remember if Dave Smith or somebody else had mentioned this, but it's like they were worried about this, like these 300 people um, in Charlottesville bringing about like fascism mm-hmm. into the United States, and it turns out that everybody just allowed it willingly because of uh, all these mandates that are coming yep. out because of health, like essentially for the sake of their health, um, they were giving up, uh, you know, their rights to a lot of things, um, yep. and 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 then. Painting everyone who is skeptical, doesn't want it at all, maybe can't have it because of prior medical conditions, which is is true for some people. I've heard plenty of mm-hmm. instances of that. Um, painting them as the the villain or the enemy yep. or as stupid or as uneducated. I mean, we're anti vaxxer. We, yeah, I mean, and it's at this point, it's like <clears throat> uneducated. Cool. Okay. New yeah. study just came out that showed the most vaccine, the most. Vaccine hesitant group between high schoolers and PhDs are PhDs. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, I want to take you back to to last year. Just take me to, back, David. To remind, I mean, I know you know. Take this, me back to the for to fantasy land. <laughs> for the sake of the listeners, let's just go back to near the start of <clears throat> of the uh, the outbreak. Um, March, everything's shutting down. Cases mm-hmm. are increasing. They're saying all these people are getting sick and dying of Rona, right? Mm-hmm. And there are people. Uh, obviously, you and I had didn't have a show at this time, but No Agenda was talking about this, um, and I think Eric July was, and a few other people about the way that they were counting deaths, right? Yes. And ever, everyone was skeptical, and then there was a story that came out specifically that I remember because um, No Agenda covered it about a man. I cannot remember where. But he uh, died on a bench, and the cause should have been uh, alcohol poisoning. Like he, his, I guess his like blood alcohol level was through the roof or something like that. But he also had COVID, and so he was counted as being a a COVID death. Right, and the reasoning behind that was because they were getting paid for covid deaths they were getting reimbursed a certain amount of money for covid deaths so i just want to play this clip because this is someone um doc uh dr azik um who i can't remember who she works for i think she's a democrat though from when i yeah from when i heard oh i don't know what any of this other stuff is that, that's on my twitter page but um, I have a clip from her. She works 
anyway, I, it's so it was somewhere in there. I'm sorry for not doing uh, a little more due diligence on this, but she does work for the government and she explains how they count uh, COVID deaths. I just want to be clear in terms of the definition of people dying of COVID. So the case definition is, is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, um, it, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if, um, it technically, if even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's helpful. It's very helpful. That is very helpful because that's what uh, the conspiracy theorists have been saying all along. Isn't that, David? Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean... Yeah, and I don't just even know. Rational if, people in general. Yeah, I, it was it was clear, and man, it's it sucks. It's like impossible to talk to people about this stuff. I didn't even bring it up really is. Uh, some of the wacky stuff I heard from people while I was on vacation. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't. So I guess I haven't. I've been keeping my mouth shut about about this because I wanted to to talk to you about it on here, and we didn't get to last week. But I had a conversation with one guy, and um, he literally told me that he thinks that the unvaccinated people so first of all he was blaming americans who were unvaccinated for okay. the delta variant okay S- stupid makes sense yeah, go ahead <laughs> yeah even though it started in india um and uh <clears throat> and so it's like okay well all right that's dumb whatever and obviously i'm on vacation so i'm not trying to get into to fights with people like this just isn't the it's not the time right um and then he tells me that he thinks that all of the people who are unvaccinated should be tied up and forced to take the jab. Mm. There we go. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading. And the irony is, is I was reading Brave New World. So I'm sitting there reading this book about this like uh, about a culture that uh, puts like everything, essentially everything above free will mm-hmm. and free thought. And um, puts pleasure and like all like pleasure is a, a massive part of their whole society. And I'm just like drinking a beer. And this guy sitting over here going like, yeah, I think we should tie people up and force them to take uh, a vaccine against their will. And I'm just like, I, I'm like, this is the world we live in now, man. And I, I wish I had remembered to mark the page in Brave New World. But uh, I absolutely recommend that book. And I think people should read it. Uh, and there's a, a section in there where one of the people who's in charge of this uh, new society that essentially dominates the entire world. Uh, He talks about science and how uh, they don't recognize uh, like actual science anymore. Like there are certain things that they, they do because they've essentially cured like all these diseases or whatever. Um, And I'd have to go back and actually read it and maybe I'll remember to do that for the next show. But the way that they, they do it, I believe he's reading it more as if it's kind of a religion than it is actual uh, factual data. Yeah, it's scientism versus science. And so, I mean, you're talking about a book that I think was written in the 80s, maybe a little longer ago than that. And so, I mean, this stuff has been around forever. And just like reading through that definition and the way that that, um, 
I think it's Aldous Huxley, uh, wrote uh, wrote out how this society views um, all these things. I'm like, this is legitimately. Everyone keeps talking about like 1984 as the you know, but that's more of like a surveillance state thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there. There's like these things about. Um, you know, ignorance is, uh, like knowledge or whatever. And, you know, it's all, all these opposites, but brave new world makes the most sense to me because the entire thing is essentially about being safe and healthy and, uh, having all the pleasure you need and essentially wanting for nothing. Um, and they take a drug anytime that any of these like uh, bad, what they would consider like bad thoughts or wrong thing comes up. They would take medicine, uh, to like essentially change the chemical structure in their brain in order to uh, stay in sort of this happy state, right? And I was just like, "This is we're not far yeah. from we're not far from that at all, not at all." So I just I just kind of thought that was interesting. So I mean, you know, that uh, listen, this is coming from people like the people in government now. I mean, they're they're telling you this is the way that they counted COVID deaths. Yep, and I think they're starting. I think they're doing this because they're starting to backpedal now on COVID. I uh, watched over the weekend um, a CNN clip about how or people who have a prior infection of COVID have a natural immunity to it, and yep. I'm like, oh wow, that finally got out in the mainstream media. Again, that's from CNN. I don't have it in the show notes. I can um, after we're done, I can pull it up and put it in there. It's fine. Um, this will keep coming up. I mean, yeah, this isn't going anywhere. So uh, I'm like, oh, wow, this stuff is starting to come out in the mainstream narrative now. So it seems like they're trying to backpedal. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I also kind of think yeah. uh, the other thing that would have been good to talk about, too, just for a minute, is the Lambda variant. Um, mm. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that it right. But lambda, like uh, Lambda, Lambda, Lambda from okay. Revenge so of the So Lambda Nets. variant, uh, which is from South America, um, has been of COVID has been spreading there. And Joe Biden and his administration, administration specifically, actually, Kamala Harris, which Joe Biden gets the blame, but Kamala Harris directly gets the blame, too, for this because she was put in charge of our southern border. Um, and it's been left wide open and it's been spreading in South America and Central America. So I imagine in a couple of months, I mean, you know, maybe not even that long, that will be the, the new variant hitting the mark. Um, and it's supposed to be uh, more lethal, mm. and, and I think more infectious too. Yeah, I could be wrong on that. Well, so mo- oh, it's supposed to be more vaccine resistant, right? So. Well, we'll get into in the coming weeks, I think, to some of this this stuff going on now that we're kind of back in full swing. But there's also um, some studies going on, and I can't remember what it's called, <clears throat> but essentially. It's 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 somewhat rare. This hasn't happened very often, but uh, the vaccines can cause uh, what is it immune uh, reliance on um, like boosters. Oh yes, I can't remember. Yep. A, it's called like A D E or something like that. That is like the acronym or whatever for it. But they essentially what it what's happening is is that if you don't allow natural immunity and you uh take a vaccine for something and your body's immune system becomes reliant on that um it could have a uh 
bad response to another disease or virus or potentially variant in the future. Now, is it is it going to happen? There's nobody knows. I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, this is absolutely what's going to happen because nobody knows. But uh, yeah, the you know, it's it's kind of disgusting to me the the lack of um, honesty around natural immunity, right? You know, right. they they, be, they keep talking about all these studies, right? And they're like, oh, you know, uh, th- these studies have been done forever, and we know all these things, right? It's like, well, we, natural immunity just isn't part of the conversation, right? And then listening That's, to people talk about. Well, um, uh, remedies, right? So, mm-hmm. like ivermectin, which we're not supposed to talk about. Um, it's like a, you know, it's like it's freaking no word, dude. It's like Voldemort. Like you yeah. can't, you can't. Oh, it's the thing that the shall drug not that be must named. not be named. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like shh, shh, no, no, no. I, I and here's the thing. Oh man, We've been, that is so truth. The Ministry of Truth is telling dude, us. I know. I never even thought about it till right now, but it's like that's a hundred percent what it is. They just like no, 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 no. So you know why though, right? Because if there is a viable alternative to the vaccine, I think legally they can't force it. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> or require it, and, and obviously you use those terms loosely right. uh, here. But yeah, that's the um, so supposedly. What happens? So go ahead. Right. Well, it's we've we've been talking about this for a long time, but at least one of the suspicions as to why it hasn't been FDA approved is because they refuse to admit to um, remedies, and yes. the only way you can get well, FDA approved is through that. Well, here's the thing: is that it doesn't nothing. First off, if you want to know who direct blame for vaccine hesitancy falls upon, it's Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi. The Democrats, yeah. primarily. Like, it's not Trump. Um, no, it's not Trump not at, like all. at all. He did. <laughs> and I disagreed with Trump at the time. He did Operation Warp Speed, all that stuff and everything. Um, however, my problem is, do have a new vaccine, whatever. But it just everything seems to be coming from a place of dishonesty. Now, now yeah. don't tune me out. If you're listening to me and you disagree with me, this is what I mean. I'm not talking about saying recommending people to get the vaccine what i'm saying is that being your only recommendation and not being like hey it's shown that 83 percent or or i think i saw a report or read a report this week that the cdc has changed those numbers to like 32 percent or whatnot but a high percentage of those um that were hospitalized with COVID 19 last year were obese so and then 30, another high percentage of 31 those, is what I heard today. And I don't know if that's just this year. Okay. And then of ob- obese. I think that's what I, that what I heard too. I think yeah. it was, it was like when I, when I checked 32%, but, and then it was, uh, like 80 something percent. I want to <laughs> say, yeah. Uh, were, was, uh, vitamin D deficient and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're not being like, Hey, be healthy. Make sure you get outside, get in sun or, but you know, social distance. Uh, they're not well, saying, you know, eat well, have a healthy lifestyle right. and, you know, make sure you're taking plenty of vitamin D, this, that, getting out in the sun, all this stuff. And then also we recommend you take the, um, vaccine just as a defense mechanism. It's, it's no here, take this free vaccine and have a Krispy Kreme donut. Yeah. Take this free vaccine and have some, uh, French fries with it. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the thing, so they're not oh trying to get Lord. the underlying causes. Yeah, this is it's become so complicated. Um, you know, even I think we'll we'll probably talk about it at the end of the show. But like even in mm-hmm. Christian communities, 
mm-hmm. there seems to be this misunderstanding and lack of listening going on on, on honestly on both on sides. On both sides. On it, both sides. It, it really is. Um, I, I I tend to think that you and I have found a good position in being like, do what you want. Yes. If you think that you're right and that the vaccine is the best option for you, which to some degree, like, okay, I don't have, I'm not immune compromised, right? I'm mm-hmm. in my early thirties. I'm, I work out a lot. Like I'm very, I'm very healthy by the standards in this country. And you know, it's getting better every week. Um, and I think that, you know, it's like, I I'm lucky enough to work at a job where they're not going to force me to do anything that right. for one, they know that I'd, if they try to, I'd just be like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like right. it, it would, there would be like no hesitancy in it. It'd be like, all right, well, you know, make sure I get my last paycheck. Um, so, you know, I've been very, very, uh, lucky and, and very blessed in ha- like just the, the way that, uh, things have kind of worked out for me, but it's not that it's not the case for everybody. Right. Like I, I know plenty of people. Uh, so, um, you know, people who are, either military or they're in some sort of public service and potentially going to be forced to get it or lose their job. I heard one story uh, from a guy on on the Wealth Squad who said that his office or his wife's office, I can't remember, was going to require proof of the vax and then you would get a little sticker on, like that you could you would wear to prove that you had been vaccinated. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Show me your paper. Yeah. It's Let just me like, see your sticker. You know, and and people want to talk about how they want to fight it. They want to do other things. And and I, I, I sometimes I agree with them and I think there's a need to take a stand. I mean, we'll we'll we can talk a little bit about uh healthcare workers. I think the number I heard most recently was twenty percent of healthcare workers are quitting. Um, or walking out on the job because... And there's already staff shortages. You want to know why hospitals are, you know, scrambling isn't because of overwhelming COVID numbers. Yeah. It's because of staff shortages. And so now it's like last year, nurses and doctors were the heroes. And now this year, it's crap on them. No, you have to get the vaccine. Yeah. And it's like, it should be their calculated risk, you know? And then they're like, oh, we're having all these shortages. It's like, yeah, it's your own fault. This is literally the exact same thing as them closing down all the businesses and then being like, look how bad the economy and the jobs market is. It's like. Yep. Exactly. uh, And and that's. They create a problem. Yeah. When a problem arises, they create new problems. You and I have talked a lot about this, but it's like everything nowadays, whether you're on social media or just listening to the news, it's all non-starters and gaslighting. Yeah. Right. When they're like, look, the economy's doing better. I'm like, you did this in the first place. You don't get to take uh, credit for something that you ruined in the first place. You get to apologize. Um, but speaking of some of these shortages, there was a uh, someone that wrote into the No Agenda show, and I think I have the right section um, for this clip, so I just wanted to play a little bit of this real quick so people can kind of get a boots-on-the-ground understanding of what's kind of going on in that industry. So okay. I think this is the right spot. So, um, Amion.com, A-M-I-O-N, is a staffing scheduling program used by hospital and urgent care um, facilities nationwide. My wife works for Sutter in Northern California. This week, it's been discovered that schedule shifts for physicians seem to be disappearing from MION. MION, of course, links to Apple and Google calendars, and most people have a sense of when they're working 
but they check before they show up for their ER or UC shifts. No, am I on shift? They assume they're not on the schedule and don't show up. Result, an artificial shortage of medical staff to deal with the worsening pandemic, leading to longer delays and wait for it, overflowing emergency rooms, ER waiting rooms. Look out for news stories about the pandemic overwhelming ERs in the next week or two. They will either not mention the problem with scheduling or they will simply mention a staffing shortage just as the crisis goes. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I, th- I was like, yeah, this is what it is. Pretty much. I mean, that clip speaks, speaks for itself. Uh, That's exactly what it is. I've seen countless of, of videos um, from people in, in the healthcare industry speaking to this fact and – it's eventually people, you know, you got to think the government lies to you. The government lied about Afghanistan, which we'll get into later. I mean, come on. Again, I'm not sitting here saying uh, you need to be skeptical. That's what I'm saying. Be yeah. skeptical of everything. Do research. Consult with those you trust, your doctor, your family uh, practitioner, if you trust your family doctor whoever and whatever and go off that you have a right to make an informed decision and it's difficult because there is so much misinformation out there to find out what is actually true Uh but you just have to do your best and and go with that so let me this kind of kind of came to mind let me run down because i think you and i are probably similar on this at least to some degree i'll run down sort of the way that like my whole thought process through this thing right okay so obviously we had no idea when this this first started uh generally uh, like what was going on with uh corona like it started in uh china and we're seeing all these like people allegedly get like falling down on the ground dead and people getting locked in their homes um worrisome a little bit but then the, in the back of your mind like this is the chinese government like who knows exactly what what they're doing um you know, it starts making its way through Europe and eventually makes its way here and no one's taking it seriously. Like you even remember, like they got, they were upset with, uh, uh, Trump for closing down, um, certain, uh, countries from entering the U S around that time. Mm -hmm. And Nancy Pelosi, if I remember correctly, was saying that people should go to Chinatown and support the Chinese people, uh, because, what was happening was racism. Uh, that tune changed quickly. And within, I would say, a month and a half or so of her making that statement, the entire country was essentially shut down for, depending on where you lived, somewhere between two weeks and up until like a month ago. Yep. Uh, so all of that's going on. And this whole time, like I'm listening to No Agenda, obviously you know, they're breaking down a lot of stuff and they're getting a lot of reports from places because there's just no way to trust mainstream. I mean, if you're trusting mainstream, you're sitting there watching CNN and their death clock, right? Which we now know may not be as, like, isn't as accurate. I want to be a little more confident about that. Like, it just wasn't as accurate as they were saying that it was. Yes, exactly. And no one, again, we have never said, um, and we want to, I think we've made it clear beforehand, but we'll make it clear now. covid is serious it's real but, like we're not saying like yeah never have we said that in the same way we have never told anyone not to get the vaccine that has never exactly. been it's never been a thing it will never be a thing um people want to uh i really wanted that. to mess with them 
and wink in the camera when you said oh, that. Yeah. Just, to, but I'm like, no, I don't need to do that. Um, so all of that's going down, right? And you're hearing about this like whole vaccine production, and obviously the uh, 2020 election is going on around this time, and um, people are skeptical of Trump's warp speed plan. Um, and all of these people on the opposite side are being skeptical of of uh, pharmaceutical companies and they're being skeptical of getting a vaccine out that fast. Mm-hmm. And then January 6th happens. And then, uh, well, obviously Biden wins. January 6th happens. Um, Biden is inaugurated. Um, they start reducing the number of cycles on the PCR test. Um, and this whole time I'm sitting here just like, all right, I'm just waiting this out, right? And that's kind of been my mentality with a lot of this. It's like, obviously I have opinion, plenty of opinions about a lot of the different things that were going on as re- in regards to, uh, the healthcare system and, um, you know, just the way that both Trump and Biden have handled a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like the vaccine comes around and I'm like, okay. And I've already gotten into like, I've, you know, at the time I'd already mostly just, uh, in like private situations, gotten into arguments with people about the vaccine and about certain, uh, aspects of it and being, uh, asking someone straight up, like, so you would consider me an anti-vaxxer if I'm hesitant about the coronavirus vaccine? They said, yes. I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire yep. life. Uh, and probably was not very kind to them <laughs> in my response. Um, but all of that to be said, it's always sort of been just this wait and see mentality. Um, and the thing that I don't understand now, right, uh, as someone who isn't vaccinated and has no plan on getting vaccinated without, like that guy said, getting tied down and forced to take it. Um, I can it, arrange that. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh, the direction that we're headed in, right? So you have a lot right. of people... And this will lead into some of the other stuff we're going to talk about. I want to get to Afghanistan. Um, You have a lot of people who are saying, well, you need to get it. And it's like, well, if you have it and you believe you're safe and you trust what the the, the experts are telling you, your experts are telling you. Right. um, To be clear about that. Which is an important clarification. Yes. Um, You believe all of that and you believe you're safe, right? And I've chosen not to, uh, not only because I'm going to take my chances with natural immunity. But I told you this week, it's also at a protest at this point. Yep. It's almost, I would tell you at this point, natural immunity is about 20% of my reason and 80% of my reason is because of this tyrannical nonsense uh, that's going around. And all these people, whether we know them or not, who are like, you should be forced to do this. And then they go- You had to say it, David. You had to say it and let me bring my soapbox out. Okay, no, no, go ahead. (laughs) This is the problem that I'm speaking to Christians right now directly. So if you're not a Christian, wherever you find yourself on the aisle, not speaking to you, speaking directly to Christians. This is the problem that really just grinds my gears is, um, you know, people will say and they'll talk about things going on with Afghanistan. And, you know, that guy made that comment earlier where where are all the Christians who are calling on. The Christians in Afghanistan to, you know, uh, respect the Taliban and, and their government and submit to them and everything. Yeah, um, thirteen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Romans thirteen, and you know, somebody comment on there and like a bit, you know, I think there's a, a a thing called nuance, and that's what you use when applying Romans thirteen, and and I'm like, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but 
these things tip typically don't happen so blatantly, right? Like as an example that I use all the time, you take any married man, any married woman, and you have the opposite sex come in, you know, come in wherever they're at and say, Hey, will you have sex with me? Most people are going to say no. Right. Right. Just a random person that comes in. Most people are going to say no. Or if you have to use Satan as an example, if Satan came in in the red coat, cloak, cloak, and pitchfork that he would be easily identified. Right. But what does the Bible say? He comes in as an angel of light, right? And so I thief say that night, to say, right? What's that? It's like a thief in the night coming yes, to kill like and a destroy. Thief in the night. Exactly. He use, they use that. Uh, the Bible uses that, and then as an angel of light as well. And so right. the the point being is that these things are typically done very slowly using legitimate emergencies and and concerns such as 9-11 of a a new virus stuff like that to expand uh authoritarianism because the government wants control on both sides republicans and democrats right they're both guilty of it um and so that's my problem is when people try to make this vaccine nonsense about loving your neighbor or about no i'm sorry not not just about that but about submitting to your government it's like that Romans 13 has nothing to do with me deciding on what I put in my body. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this, this kind of (laughs) false idea that you're being loving by doing these things. Yes. And I just don't, I just don't buy it, man. No. And and it's like, you're not being loving by not respecting my freedom either. Sure. By like respecting the fact that I have, legitimate concerns about wearing masks everywhere all the time around everyone. Right. Right. Um, when there are legitimate studies to show that it didn't make a difference, they don't make a difference. They really don't. And, and and at one point I, I might've been a little hesitant to say that, but after seeing some of the stuff that Tom Woods has put out, these, he's got these studies. I, um, if I remember, I'll, maybe we can talk about it a little more next week and I'll put his, his test in the show notes, but it it didn't right. I mean, you right. look, New York and California had the highest rates. They were the most locked down and the most masked, right? Um, no matter what the governors of those states will tell you, that's that was what was going on, right? South These two Dakota, Republican states, screw no, screw them, yeah. screw using liberal states. Look at South Dakota had no restrictions. Look at North Dakota had restrictions, right? Mass mandates and stuff like that. Actually, South Dakota's numbers were less than Way North better. Dakota's numbers. Way better. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like so, I, I I don't uh, agree with the governor of South Dakota on everything, but man, right. was she good on lockdowns? Yeah, she good was. She was spot on. She was probably the best. She was better than. Uh, she was better than DeSantis. DeSantis, absolutely. And she doesn't get any credit for it because they never talk about her. Because to bring, they don't really want to talk about her because bringing her into the situation changes the narrative. Mm-hmm. The, and they can, you know, DeSantis kind of has this Trump thing. He obviously he's not as much of like a bombastic person, but he has this sort of like Trump thing going on. Um, right. And so it's easy for them to villainize him, despite the fact that he's literally trying to stick up for sort of like the minor, quote unquote, the minority opinion um, right. in the country um, being. I would prefer that you let me choose what I want to do with myself. Right. Um, not to mention, dude, the irony behind the my body, my choice crowd. And I know that gets thrown around a lot. And it's like it's it is kind of like low hanging fruit, but it is it's absolute hypocrisy. Yep. 
to to and say the in love wins Christians oh, and we need to love your neighbor and it's so funny because those are again it happens on both one sides. Way. Don't it, hear what I'm saying, but the ones who are saying that you need to love your neighbor by wearing a mask and um, getting the vaccines are also acting not in love to those they disagree with because all they're saying is I'm going to act in love to those who agree with me. Mm-hmm. I act in love to those who don't agree with me. Or at least try not that to. I'm perfect yeah. about it at all by any stretch of the imaginations. But what I mean is in reference to the mask and the vaccines, literally uh, I pass people in the grocery store um, who are wearing masks and I'll make sure I'll do a complete, I'll get beyond the six feet range if I can and hold my breath to, because I see they're wearing a mask and it makes them feel safer. So I'll try to, I'm like, okay, well maybe they're doing that for a reason. Maybe they're immunocompromised or something like that. I'm not labeling them as someone who's a freaking idiot that's bought into the mainstream narrative. That's not my first thought. It's like, we need to get to the point of assuming the best about people. Yeah. Uh, The thing, the irony in all of it though, is that more than likely the people that are wearing masks at this point are all vaccinated. Probably. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong, but if I was to, if I was a betting man, that would be my bet. And there's some information coming out that at least in Israel, which has, I think I want to say the highest vaccination rate, uh, for their citizens and, citizenry it's like yeah i'm pretty sure it's like 90 percent or some insane number i mean they so and this is a topic for another time uh because i i would need to to kind of go back and listen to some of this but i I think it was scott horton and i can't remember if it was Mm -hmm. him or somebody else basically broke down how israel is essentially a um like a socialist country Mm -hmm. like people want to act as if it's this like free nation like it's it's like it's like you the united states or like uh, America Junior or whatever. But like right. in, in reality, the way that they treat their citizens is more along the lines of like a caste system uh, yep. based based on certain things. And then he goes into some of the uh, – is it dispensationalism? Is that yes. the uh, – yeah. He goes into a little bit of that. I don't know. Maybe that was Peter Quinones. Uh, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But like they they were breaking it, breaking it down a little bit about how um, there is plenty of evidence that uh, – the those people aren't free <laughs> and some of that yep. vaccine stuff is kind of proof of that it's oh, very 100%. very fascinating stuff but it's also stuff that you can't talk about in the mainstream or you get labeled certain things exactly and that criticism what, of something automatically makes you a, a hate hateful bigot yeah and we're talking about good faith disagreements right on both sides and the government wants both sides to be arguing and fighting with each other and hating their neighbor so that you're not paying attention to them when really all of that uh, zeal should be going towards changing the government, but you can't change the government without changing the people. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, man, I think that's really what it's about divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. So let's, um, hmm, maybe we'll save the fake vax cards for next week. Okay. Cause there's a couple other things I want to get to. Um, yeah, we're running close to that two hour mark, aren't we? Uh, yeah, we're about one, almost one and a half. Um, okay. So I'm going to save. I just wanted to bring up um, Arthur uh, um, Pulowski. Yes. Um, I've been What's meeting, going on with him? Yeah, I've been meaning to do this for a little while. I just, I'll read a little bit of this. Um, so for those of you that don't remember, he's the pastor from Canada who was uh, arrested for continuing to hold church despite uh, the regulations of the government there. Um, 
he he has been I just wanted there was like a specific part I wanted to read. Um Okay, so it, uh, Arthur and his brother uh, David were arrested in May, accused of organizing an illegal gathering as well as promoting and attending illegal gatherings. Uh, the arrest came after court uh, orders were granted, allowing Alberta Health Services and police to arrest and charge anyone advertised gatherings that would breach health restrictions. Uh, last month, um, Justice Adam... Uh, Gehrman ruled that Alberta Health Services had proven nearly to absolute certainty that the two Calgary men were guilty beyond a reasonable doubt of contempt for gathering in church. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, uh, Joseph kind of mentioned it a minute ago, but man, if people think this is going to end with health restrictions, I mean... You know, I, I don't like to, to generally kind of be in par with uh, stuff that you see on social media where people are like, wake up, you need to see what's going on. But it's like, it's right in front of us. Yep. And, I, and I'm just wondering sometimes like where people are, whether you're Christian or not. It's like, there's something about the difference between people who believe in human flourishing and people who don't. Yeah. That I think... <laughs> You're just, you're emotional. (laughs) Um, It's the onions, I promise. (laughs) I I don't think people are on the same page with this stuff, right? So like you were saying with the masks, right? I think there's probably situations where wearing a mask for someone is, even if you know without a shadow of a doubt that it's, it's not making a difference, right? Maybe there is a wise situation where you decide, okay, I'm going to do this for the sake of this person, right? That I need to talk to or whatever the case may be. But the the question I always have is like, where's the other side of that, right? This whole like love thy neighbor or, you know, do unto others as you would have them do under you. It always seems to go towards the side of the person who's kind of att- attacking someone who doesn't agree. They're like, you should be more loving to me. And it's like, I'm like I don't know if that's how that works. Yeah, right. right. That's a good point. Like, I, I don't I don't know if you, the individual who feels strongly about something, is supposed to take your feelings into account before the other person's, right? Because you look at something like the lepers in the Bible or people who are generally just considered less than, right? And I would, I mean, you can make an argument now that the people who are considered less than are the people who have decided not to get the vaccine. Yep. That's always sort of the direction it seems to have gone. And, you know, people can argue or try to straw man people into being like, well, these are your reasons for not getting it. It's like, well, I don't know if that in and of itself matters one way or another, right? They're, they're clearly our government is trying to make a caste system out of people built based on um, like medical, people are calling it like medical tyranny or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, you have all of these people like blue check marks in the Christian world or not who just don't seem to to be loving towards people and they don't seem to want to sit and listen and have actual discussions about the things that are going on. And, 
you know, even That's when exactly you try what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. You try to open it up. And so you have something like a situation like this with our uh, Arthur and it, you know, the church in America generally seems to be pretty quiet about it. I hey, don't bro, know. All I want to do. All I want to say is Christians for Biden. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> do that article. What was it? Christianity today. Uh, yeah, wasn't it? The, it was like the, and there's like the the pro abortion Catholics or something. Like yeah, that. something like that. All no, I think of... the the, uh, I, I think I don't know if it was pro abortion evangelicals or if it was just evangelicals that typically, uh, quote unquote, bent the conservative lens. Um, which I mean, really, that boils down to just not being for abortion to some of these people. Right. And it's like you know, conservatism is much more than just that. Uh, but, you know, and then being for Biden, um, but really they just re- everything I've read on them is just uh, I think. No, actually, I think you're right. I think it was the abortion issue was kind of like eh, on um, with them. And then there are some other issues on race and and uh, the economy and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, we we'll get into it. I think in this in the very last section, I do want to talk about Afghanistan real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still kind of in the midst of all this stuff going on. Um, I don't have any clips for it because I couldn't find anything that I really liked or that wasn't long. Um, yeah. So, for those of you that are living under a rock, uh, we have officially, sort of, maybe, kind of begun getting out of Afghanistan, though based on a couple of the things Biden said in his speech uh, a couple hours ago before we started recording, he kind of like was like, yes, we're getting out. We're, we, we're not sending more troops, but also I just sent 3,000 more troops to Afghanistan. Um, he's a confusing man. Yeah. I- <laughs> in the first part of his, of his speech, he's blaming Trump and the Afghanis. I'm and then in the in, in their military and then yeah. in the last part he's like I'll take accountability the buck stops with me I'm the president and it's like bro you took no accountability yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> okay. just just because you say I take accountability and then you don't list anything that you did does it mean that you actually took accountability so he said a couple things in there and then he retweeted part of his speech that I guess he thought was like really uh, saying something but it's it's a very odd situation because yeah i had there's <laughs> there's like like libertarians from kind of all all realms um kind of like praising him i but I, part of me is not sure if some of them are being a sarcastic or some of them are just happy that we're finally leaving um yeah. and being like he's on specific things that he was saying he's absolutely right so they're they're trying to be charitable at least in the sense of hey a couple of things that he said in here, these are principles that we fundamentally agree with, right? Stop right. all of the uh, endless wars. Um, stop the, um, the was I guess, regime change wars. Stop with yep. the nation building. Um, you know, it, it's not our job. We've spent but, like $2 trillion on all this stuff and it did absolutely yeah. nothing. He said, okay, so the interesting thing, and he's like partially right about this, but I, I, I think it's uh, people just not remembering history. He's like, oh, we've been Af- in Afghanistan through four presidents. And I'm like, no, sir, we've been in Afghanistan through like at least six, 
if not more. There's literally oh, Afghan yeah. War One and Afghan War Two. Like there, yep. <laughs> uh, Clinton, I think Bush administration, um, and I oh, maybe even Reagan. I think I might Afghanistan be wrong about was Reagan. Reagan, and then with George Senior was Iraq. Um, We've been in the Middle East for a very and long then. Time. Afghanistan was under George Bush Jr. I want to say and Clinton. So Clinton was it was part, under Clinton. Clinton as well. And I can't. I'd have to go back. I've. This is why I've been listening to Scott Horton a lot because he's got a very good memory for all these events. Okay. Um. But I, I am mostly sure that Clinton was also involved in Afghanistan. Okay. Um, if not, it was the Middle East. But I mean, he probably was. I mean, come on. Yeah. I Raytheon. Mean, I can't uh, imagine Lockheed Martin. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that since the like the first Afghan war and a lot of that stuff that we've actually really ever left. Um, it's just kind of been this, you know, um, a lot of that was really interesting. Um, of course the only people kind of giving Ron Paul credit for a lot of the stuff that he said are like the libertarian crowd. A lot of the ANCAP mm-hmm. guys, um, you're, you're not really seeing it from conservatives because they're too busy trying to like fear monger people into trying yep. to submitting these- to the state. Yeah, these like endless wars and being like, well, now your kids are going to get blown up by um, the uh, oh shoot, Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda, yeah. Well, they're like, yeah, they're like, uh, you're yeah, like Taliban's going to do another nine eleven. You're like, guys, they're going to drone strike you because they got our equipment, they got some of our drones and all this stuff, and it's like, guys, if can you can we not defend our own border if we're so great? Yeah, and then they're go well, and everyone's like, you see the the su- the the southern border is just open or whatever, and I'm like, oh my lord. Um, but they're they're yeah. go- they're just fear they're trying to fearmonger people into continuing this stuff, and they don't yep. understand, and they're either useful idiots or they know exactly what they're doing. It, it's it, there's no in between as far oh. as I'm concerned with that. Hey, breaking news! I just found out that apparently on August 13th, 2011, that Donald Trump said Ron Paul is right. That we're wasting trillions of dollars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, dude. Oh, well, so this it, is the one thing, like, you know, I, I will say, and call me a Trump apologist if you want, uh, <laughs> but I really, because of comments that he just, just off the cuff comments, right? Sure. Not like p- planned statements or anything like that, just off the cuff comments that he made before he ever ran for political office as well. I think he really was more anti-war he's definitely the most anti-war president we've had in my lifetime he comes um, and, he and comes that's not from a high that. bar that's yeah. set that's a very low bar um well he's he was like he's like kind of blue dog democrat he comes from that anti i, I would think at least to some degree yes. he's obviously he's kind of got that pro-america thing going on and he, i mean there's a again there's nuance to talking about the conversation yep. but he definitely comes from that background of when the democrats were not for war Right. The problem with him is that he's a megalomaniac. You know, yeah. he's very he's very narcissistic. But the thing is, is that Obama is very narcissistic. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. It's very. like people try to throw Trump like he's on his own as an uh, as a narcissist. I'm like, no, the the best thing about Trump is that his narcissism worked for us, not against us. You mostly. Know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And specific things. Right. Mostly. Um, he won't be. Rem- I don't think he'll necessarily be remembered for the kind of blowback that we'll see we saw from sort of like the bushes from clinton Mm -hmm. from obama and i even think so like you know we're uh uh excuse me biden uh was talking about all you know all of these other like 
areas that were doing like uh, what did he call it? Like the war, essentially it's the war on terrorism, right? So we're going right. to all these different countries and he's like, Oh, but we're not going to set up like uh, regime changes or trying, you know, trying to like establish democracy in these countries or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still, you're still causing problems. It's like, it, we just yeah, can't you're gonna do that here. You're making terrorists out of your own citizens. And that's, that's the thing, man is like all of this stuff. And that was kind of, I guess you're jumping ahead, Joseph. That's that's <laughs> where that's where a lot of this stuff is headed, right? So not only are we trying to now um, get into conflicts in a lot of these other countries besides just the Middle East, so you've got like I said, was the stuff in Somalia, like we've just been bombing places and um, like sending troops in. And I know that they're, you know, it's like this is one of those things that's always kind of hard to talk to Republicans about or mm-hmm. kind of sometimes the conservative crowd where you're like, no, we really shouldn't be doing this stuff. It was like, if Bro, we don't... we got to increase our national security, David, yeah, by it, blowing up other countries. It's like, if we don't have... Because, you know, if we don't have... I mean, have, I don't know about you, but if, a, if another country did that to us here, I wouldn't hate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we were constantly getting drone striked because people thought we were terrorists definitely wouldn't cause issues in the long run, which is actually one of the better. I think Dave Smith actually made that point where it was like, um, okay, if you know, it's like, um, we bomb a country for a decade, right. Mm -hmm. Over quote unquote weapons of mass destruction, terrorism, whatever the case may be. Right. And then there's blowback and they do the same thing to us. Right. And mm-hmm. then we're angry for what they did. Don't you don't you see the cycle, right? It's like it's just gonna continue. Yep. And it's it's you know, it's the reason I think uh the whole like idea of having open borders in the Libertarian Party is kind of goofy because it's like, no, you need secure borders at this point because you have the Taliban literally going death to America because at one point we were allies with them and we just like screwed them over all the time. Yep. You know, and it's like we're literally, at least according to some of the stuff I was hearing, in certain parts of the Middle East, we're still helping parts of the Taliban. <laughs> yep. And that's what it's nuts. Uh, that's one of the part, you know, the abortion issue and then the open border issues and, where I fall away from the Libertarian Party on because I think, like, to me, it makes sense having secure borders, right? You lock your door for a reason. You know, I mean, yeah. well, and here's the thing. Um, uh, the more and more I've thought about this, it's like I, I don't think anyone in, uh, in government e- is e- it's either almost a hundred percent. Currently, no one in government is truly anti-abortion, mm-hmm. or they don't have the guts to actually stand up and be a voice for those people. Like they don't, they yeah. don't have the guts to represent those people. That's what I liked about Ron Paul. Um, was that he would what he said on Tuesday would be the exact same thing he said on Saturday, right? And consistent, he was very 20, consistent, yeah, yeah, he was very consistent. And you know, prior to bending the knee to Hillary Clinton in 2016, I would say that Bernie Sanders seemed pretty consistent too, even though I disagreed with everything he said. Mm-hmm. Um, I can respect someone who's at least consistent in their ideology, yeah, well, uh, yeah, they, they're like to a point. And then someone like Bernie Sanders has a money, a lot of money throw in his way, and he goes, yeah. "Whatever you need me to do." Yep. And then uh, it's also reported that you know he was saying the millionaires and billionaires until he became a millionaire, and then at that exact point, he started just saying billionaires. Yep. So, yep, they're sneaky, man, and and people just, 
uh, there's this this kind of phenomenon that I think happens, and I've seen this in sort of discussing whether it's like Israel or whatever the case may be generally with people on the right, where people tend to put their own morality in place of like a government. Yep. So they go, well, the Israeli government would never do that, right? And then you go, are you saying that because you actually believe that or because you want to believe that because you wouldn't do that? Right. And that's the, that's the question people always have to ask themselves is like, you can't put your specific values and your morals onto other people or on, especially onto governments because that's just not the way that it works. Yep. Um, no, that's exactly right. <clears throat> Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, I put a couple different uh, things in the show notes for people who are a little more interested about like Ron Paul's speech about 10 years ago about us potentially, you know, if we don't get out now, we'll be there for another decade. He's totally right about that. Um, yep. The weirdest thing that he said in there too was when he talked about fiscal uh, conservatives. I was like, "That's a that is completely a foreign thing at this point." Like, yes, it that is. doesn't exist. It's very a, a foreign um, thing. Not that yeah, were I at mean, that point, everything but. that Ron Paul has said, he's been right about. So, um, I mean, other than that, I would encourage people to look into the uh, Afghanistan papers. Uh, yes. Other than that, that's it. Well, let's uh, before we close out, I do want to. Uh, talk a little bit more about the st- uh, let's just say the state of the church okay um, as sort of a broad like broad brush um we've we've kind of talked about it here and there during the the show um yep. i don't know if you want to read beth Moore's statement recently yeah i will um you want I- to take each so there's only three tweets she has that's in this thread and we can, you want me to read all of it or just read the first one, which is only like four sentences and then read the no, second go ahead, one. Go ahead and read the whole thing. And okay. we'll, we'll, I, I don't necessarily want to break down what she said, but I, I, I wanted to just use the general this. ideas of what she's saying. Yeah. And I wanted to use this because I think among a certain, a certain group of Christians currently, she is a spokesperson. Yeah, she if is. A, if that's a good way of yeah. phrasing that. And I would say there's, which we'll get into it, never mind. Yeah. All right, so this is what she says. If we are in Christ, it is unconscionable for us to in any way politicize this virus. What on earth are we doing? Our sides are not more important than lives. We are Jesus people called to serve sacrificially. For the love of God, we got to love our neighbors, even our enemies, for all our Jesus talk, where on the ever-loving earth is our Jesus walk? <laughs> Sorry. If you are not a Christian, I'm not talking to you. But if you are, Jesus wasn't playing when he called us to a whole different ethic from the world. We're not loudmouth boasters. We're servants. We serve. Stare in the face of what some of you are saying. My rights are more important than your life. Sorry, not sorry. If you're not going to get vaccinated for the love of God, put on a mask in public places with vulnerable people. Go ahead and unfollow me. I don't care. Follow Jesus. Emphasis mine. That was yeah, your your inflections were very good. Thank you. Um Okay. So other than the fact that we've kind of talked about some of this already, 
uh, the, you know, this idea that uh, masks are the difference between someone living and dying, which yeah, I, there's there's definitely not evidence for it, and there's at least some evidence to say that it doesn't work as well as people think that it does, especially if you're talking about cloth. Like these right. cloth masks or gaiters or bandanas or whatever. If you're going to wear a mask, wear the N95 mask, sure. right? Um, and obviously, like, she doesn't say that. And um, right. here's the thing that, that that worries me, right? And And you and I have talked about this, and I don't think we've really talked about it on the show much, but I have this big picture theory. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got turned on to this idea of looking things at a much larger level as far as though the way things are headed, what is ultimately good, not only for people in general, but for, you know, kind of the church and the direction it needs to head in. We have this tendency to look at things in the moment mm-hmm. without zooming out. Um, right. This is a problem. That's a good point. This is a problem in economics. A lot of the time people will look at situations that are happening in the moment and saying, well, this is what will solve all of our problems rather mm-hmm. than saying like, what's our plan overall? Like, what's the plan for the next 20, 30 years? So she's being disingenuous to some degree because, you know, she's, first of all, what's one of the the things, at least from a Christian perspective, and I actually didn't think about this before, what's one of the things she doesn't really talk about in here? Do you tell me. So she, um, she never mentions this idea of, like, bringing people to Jesus. Yep. She talks about Christian ethics. She talks about politicization. Uh, she talks about serving. Mm-hmm. Um, but never in here does she talk about sort of like if you the wanna, gospel, like the gospel. She never really talks about evangelism. She never talks about the reasons that the actual like purpose of the church, right? The purpose of why we love, yeah, uh, our and, neighbors. And, and again, it goes back to this idea of like. Vulnerable. Which I mean, if you wanted to be charitable, you could say maybe she does that in a way when she says at the end the follow Jesus in all caps. Um, maybe. maybe, maybe, but go ahead though. Um, so this all to me, it's not just an indication of current like what she's saying currently in the moment. Um, it worries me that a large amount of people are falling just step in tow with the state. Yep. That it's like you were saying before, there's kind of this idea of of creep. So it starts with something like it's loving to do these specific things for the health of people around you. This is mm-hmm. the right thing to do. This is what actually makes you a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens when you're, some of these other things start kind of like coming in that the state wants you to do, you know – Maybe you have to marry people that your church disagrees with in that sense, right? And the state mm-hmm. starts pushing that, or you might lose your tax exemption. Um, or maybe you-, you have to get sterilized, or maybe you can only have one child, or maybe you can, uh, I don't know, you take whatever um, to put into your body, or you have to do this or that, that maybe it's not something that blatantly goes against um God's word black and white directly written in there right yeah. um but does go against the principle of the bible that w- is black and white and so that's what i mean it's it's gaslighting it's a non-starter it's a dichot- false dichotomy she's definitely 
elevating herself and those who believe uh, like her and the the category of the loving Christians mm-hmm. and then those who don't do these things as the unloving Christians. Yep. And Jesus, when we read the Gospels, often surprises us with the way that he responds to people. Right. Yep. Um, and so that's why I would say it, it, it's funny because she talks about loving you know, your neighbor. And I get this is just her opinion, but it comes across to me and I would be her neighbor as unloving to me. And because again, you know, she's very careful in using her, you know, using her words in the sense of what she's trying to convey. It's definitely sugarcoated and it's less. And this isn't something that she didn't think about before that hasn't been permeating before just a day or a moment. Um, and so I think that's what is the most troublesome is that within the church, this divide to where it could be like, it's like, you're trying to convince, you're trying to use scripture. Well, she's not even really right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. Let me rephrase it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But yeah, 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 she's trying to use Jesus to get people to do what she thinks is the most loving thing to do. Yes. Which in its own right is sort of politicizing the thing. The thing that she is actually politicizing. Yeah. Which she's calling on people not to. Yeah. And it's interesting because within the, the groups she tends to run in and the people, at least who I would consider like popular slash celebrity Christians, they all kind of think the same way politically. They all kind of feel the same way. But mm-hmm. they all kind of hide it behind this veneer of Christianity, right? As if mm-hmm. their their views are 100%, uh, which yep. is dangerous for a lot of reasons. And you and I – and I know that we kind of have this like unwritten rule not to constantly relate everything back to uh, like pre-slash-during like, World War II Germany. Mm-hmm. But you and I have both uh, – you know. Uh, like I don't know how much of Bonhoeffer's biography you've read, um, but a little bit right here, right yeah, behind dude. me. Um, it's it's really fascinating to he uh, hear a what's the best way of putting this um, to hear about uh, a body of believers in the Lutheran Church yeah. so easily fall into the uh, sort of the ideology of Hitler, right? Yep. And it was obviously a slow fade. It was a slow creep into into that of of being like, well, for our safety and the safety of our families, this is probably for the best. And yep. I'm not saying that Beth Moore would fall into that. I don't want people to yeah. to assume that's the case. What worries me is that this mentality of saying that this is what Jesus would want or saying that you know you're that's a that's a good point i'm sorry you're good go ahead like i wonder if in the christian church during that time if that you know for safety and security if that's what was being taught and preached i think because so because you gotta think you know he got executed bonhoeffer because he went against the the crowd so mm-hmm. I, I would i would wonder if that also means you know the the christian church in germany then and this is the thing is like he was a dissenter and i you know the more i've been hearing about a lot of this stuff i mean joseph we're being honest like we're the dissenters at this point yep like we are it's not even a um 
like a, oh, you know, we're kind of just pushing back on certain narratives, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we're literally the dissenting voices, right? And it's yep. not just us. Obviously, there's people with way more reach than we have um, who are pushing back on a lot of this stuff. Uh, but the fact that we do not fall, fall step in tow with current culture, with the current uh, sort of like, let's say popular, you know, sort of this like liberal, this, this sort of wokeism, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. we're the dissenting voices. People don't like that and they want to shut us up. Now, yep. some people, it's like sometimes it's de- deplatforming. But I'm I'm legitimately concerned that it's going to reach like bodily harm levels at some point. Like, I, and I don't. We are yeah. trying to be a lot more lighthearted on this show. <laughs> like, we, I think we've we've had a couple episodes that like I've gone away from them and been like, oh my god, like I just need to sit yeah. in a dark room for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't yeah. want people to like to go away feeling like black pilled or like any of those kinds of things because I no, think there's definitely hope. Yes. There not only is there just sort of like general hope, but like, obviously we have hope in Christ. We have hope mm-hmm. in, in a future kind of beyond this. Um, but we are in this moment right now. And so it's the things that it's the things that we're talking about. And I'm generally yeah. concerned for my friends, no matter where they kind of fall one, because I'm worried about people falling into, um, something that they never really saw coming because they just aren't skeptics. Um, mm-hmm. it's always really funny to listen to people that are like, They'll, they'll like talk about other people and they're like, oh yeah, that person's such a rule follower. And then like, you just kind of like look at them and you're like, yeah, but you are too, you know, like, yeah. I, right. <laughs> um, and again, oh, there's sorry. nothing like it's good to obey Christ, but by rule follower, it's again, who's, who's like, author- by whose authority. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's funny. So I've, and we'll, we'll close out in a minute. Um, but I've been listening to this other podcast called the bad Roman podcast Mm-hmm. Um, they're anarcho-Christians, so they're very much like they want nothing to do with the government. It's very much. It's kind of where I got this I, this this concept of who are you going to follow? Are you going to follow Christ or are you going to follow the state? Because you have a choice, and that choice may not be as distinct as you initially think that it is. I'm looking them up right now. Um, I, I, there's just been there are some things that they talk about, sort of this idea of. Um, oh, one of the ones that I think is really interesting, and it's kind of a, it kind of pushes back a, a, on the popular opinion of what Jesus was saying when he said, give under Caesar what is Caesar, give under God mm-hmm. what is God's. And the reasoning, that their reasoning behind it is, and I don't know, it, sometimes this, I, I go back and forth about this kind of stuff, and I'm like, eh, I, don't, I don't know, but they'll say, like their opinion of the scripture is that Jesus was generally, um, more playful and occasionally more sarcastic in the way that he was speaking to people. And so he holds up this coin that is the Ro- like the Roman coin, right? Um, and it, it's showing more of a difference between the power of God and the power of Caesar. So it's like, this ultimately still belongs to God, right? It's like your, mm-hmm. alle- your allegiance ultimately is still to God. It's not to Caesar. And I think right. it gets stuck in this, like, you need to pay your taxes thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I- but Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know. I was, uh, yeah, uh, I agree with that. And this, I agree with everything except for the, you know, work to abolish taxes. But since that's not anything that goes against anything biblical, you right. know, I would um, still pay them, but definitely fight to uh, rid them. Right. I think like, don't put, don't put yourself in any type of, of legal trouble. Right. I think their main, 
point about that is ultimately that that money belongs to God, like to God. Every, everything ultimately belongs to God, right? Like we, we've been reading a uh, first Corinth going through first Corinthians in our like Bible study on Sundays mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, fi- chapter 15 talks about how Jesus will ultimately, um, destroy all authority and mm-hmm. hand everything back over to God. And so I actually think there is some legitimacy to that interpretation of what Jesus is saying there. And, um, yeah, I think you, you know, it's like, look, you may not like taxes. I, I have very strong opinions about that, um, but I still pay them, right? Because right. it's potentially more detrimental to me not in multiple ways, including my um, uh, like including ministry aspects. Sorry, again, yep. my brain's a little fried. Um, to not well, pay it's, them. It's, yeah, it's, it's loving God and submitting to God, trusting him that regardless of... Uh, what's going on and even though more money is being taken away from you you're going to still entrust him mm-hmm. and then it, two it's also legally um not putting yourself in a bind and criminally as well yeah uh, because we all know how the irs is oh yeah um but i think it also and joe leads, biden's in office so it, don't it also lends credence to the fact that it's like my taxes are going to these endless wars to all these things yep. that i can't stand and you know, again, Romans 13 That's is still, another good point. Yeah. So in Romans 13 is the one I'm kind of like working through now. And I think I've kind of figured out um, sort of the difference between looking at it from a cultural perspective and the fact that they had no choice under the Roman Empire except to listen to them because they yeah. were like a conquering, you know, and Paul is essentially like speaking to them in the sense of being like you need to, you know, for the sake of the ministry, you need to um, – kind of abide by these things and, and respect them. I don't think it, it necessarily means that you need to look at them as morally upright people. It's just like, this is the situation that you found yourself in. God works everything out for your good. And this is what it is, right? Whereas we mm-hmm. live in a country where you and I can sit here and talk and we can rag on, on stuff and, and we can kind of, you know, clown on people and, and make fun of them for, for just like these awful takes that they have. Um, but again, you and I aren't trying to start some sort of like uprising. Essentially, what yeah. we're trying to get, do is get people to kind of think a little clearer about these things and get them to see that, for one, picking a political party and kind of following after the state probably isn't the the best thing, especially if you're a Christian. Whether you are or aren't, it's it's really not in your best interest um, because these people aren't your friends, you know? Yep. Um, they're, they're supposed to be your representatives, but half the time they don't actually believe the same things that you do. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny how in general life people will say, you know, actions speak louder than words, but when it comes to politics, it's like the exact opposite. It's like words speak louder than actions because everyone's like, oh, but they said they would do this and then they just don't ever. And people are like, well, maybe next time if we just got the right people in, you know? This guy will be different because he said it differently this time. I'm just like, come yep, on. He's on our team. Well, we can close it out there. Um, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, that is it. Just don't forget to like and share the podcast mm-hmm. with on social media and with your family and friends. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more to talk about. I mean, who knows at this I mean, man, who knows what's going to happen between now and Bro, Next who week. knows? Like by who the morning, knows? Uh, by the morning, something else will have popped up. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> thank you guys again for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Politics ruins everything. 
tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort, so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it, homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kinda known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense, cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person, and politicking is bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah. Hey, hey. Looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial-up looking for answers. Now what underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, got a post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie-jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle is subject. Your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward. Let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave for you or the oil. They annoy you. You add another snack for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full blown seasons. Man, you let politics ruin, or rather, control. Your whole life, man, you gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors.